Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Dave Canales is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Sure. I did not know who he was as recently as a year ago. But Tampa got him from Seattle, and it looked like that went really well. Yeah. So a pretty quick rise. Imagine what it's like. And I'm not even sure we know, unless you go back to like the 80s from the Buffalo teams, but what's it like to have like the worst team in the – what was it like to watch the Carolina Panthers season? Where they're throughout, like the worst record in the league, but you don't have the pick because you used it on a quarterback who kind of stunk. Like, that is pretty sad times. Yeah, like that's tough. No matter how bad your season is, you still have the pick. These Sabre years, you know, lotteries. Our, our sports calendar here at work lays out everything on this, the calendar of the course of the year. The NHL lottery, you got to be the only radio station in, in the world that puts the lottery. <laughs> and, and, you know, at least you have that. At least you have the right, draft. Right. Carolina does not have the draft. That's got no. that's got to be a pretty lonely place. But now they've got their new coach, and he's a quarterback whisperer. He worked wonders with Geno Smith last year and Baker Mayfield this year. I don't know. Bryce Young's only a year into his career, so it's not like he is a reclamation project already, but it didn't go well for him at all in his rookie year. No. Sal Capaccio with us. Sal, you got a thought on uh, this, the Panthers, Bryce Young, even Mayfield? I have a thought just on the coaching search a little bit. Yeah. First of all, it's just the, the youth movement continues in NFL coaches, right? I mean, Canales is 41, 42. I think he's 42. Gerard Mayo's 37. Brian Callahan is 39. I mean, these guys are all getting head coaching jobs. Remember when McVay was hired at 29, I think, right? That was incredibly mm-hmm. young, but this is what's happening. You go back to last year, Jonathan Gannon, D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen. These are all young people. And they're getting these jobs. There's such a youth movement. Now, of course, Jim Harbaugh was already 60 years old. But you see the transitioning out, too, of you know the, the older guys, including Carroll and, and Belichick. And then on the heels of that, I just think it's amazing that there might be only one job left for Belichick, and he might not get it. Yeah. Like the report from Schefter today was, you know, they're maybe not going to go with Belichick. They don't know. Maybe. Maybe they – but as of right now, he might not be the favorite for that job. And I'm thinking, wow, like who would have thought he would not get a job? I don't think he gets one if he waits out a year. I don't think anybody's going to hire him after a year off at 72 if they're not going to hire him now. Um, and then I don't know if he gets the uh, record. I think Vrabel could sit out a year. He, he'd he be fine. He'd, yeah, he'd come back. He'd sure. get a job if he wants. He can go studio, things like that. But that that's not Belichick. Yeah, I, wa- I wonder about like the, the connection to, for the Falcons was like the owner lo- wants it, right? And the yeah. owner's got deep pockets, and they know each other from league circles and all this stuff. 
And maybe the owner is aware enough to be watching what's going on around the league and what this trend is. Uh-huh. And like, do I really want to hire a 72-year-old defensive expert? I don't have a quarterback to develop yet, but I got to get one. And that has to be job number one. And so, you know, how much sense does this make? I mean, I know it sounds absurd because you're talking about a guy with more hardware than anyone. Uh, but, right. you know, like we talked about when we first, you know, when he first got, when we knew he was going to get fired. Like, would you want him as your coach? Like, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I know that sounds nuts, but I, I wouldn't want to do it. I know. I agree. I agree. It's And you're right. Like, I think in my head, like, I think I sound like a crazy person saying, like, yeah, I wouldn't hire Bill Belichick if I had an opening, but I agree. Like, you see what's happening around the league, and what you're really getting out of it is if you hire him, it would be for the cachet purpose, a lot of it, and you're just hoping, you're hoping he can rekindle some of that magic he had, but there's no proof of that anywhere over the last few years. And even, like, Washington, Ben Johnson, right? I mean, they're on the track to probably doing that as soon as his season is over, and then Seattle's not going to – that's going to be Dan, Dan Quinn, I think, most likely, and they're not going to go from Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick – and then the only one left, though, to circle back to your Panthers, maybe that owner would say, okay, Atlanta, you don't want Bill Belichick, I'll take Bill Belichick. That could happen. I don't know. I'm not saying he's been a candidate or not. I don't know. I don't think he interviewed necessarily. But you're right. You know, you think about that organization, to circle it back to your original question, Mike, yeah, the Panthers, and you know, they're, they're not in a good spot whatsoever, and they obviously blew the quarterback pick. But that happens. For whatever reason, they evaluated Bryce Young. I mean, misses happen, and you know sometimes it's a coin flip. You never know how guys are going to turn out, but that's not a good situation there. If Belichick doesn't get Atlanta, you talked about age, young coaching hires. Mm-hmm. Maybe the favorite after two interviews would be Bobby Slowick, who is 36. Right. Younger than right. all those other guys. Offensive coordinator uh, with Houston and spent three years at PFF. PFF Bobby, as he's known, uh, <laughs> might be a head coach You know, within a week. Sal Capaccio with us here on the Wester Hotline. Well, a couple of uh, topics I at least wanted to bring up with you here, Sal. Uh, One being Joe Brady. So the Bills have Mm -hmm. interviewed him. I'd like to hear you talk about just what that interview would be like when Brady's been on the staff, you know, for as long as he has and was already running their offense. Not that it was exactly his offense, probably. But uh, that and what you think his um, chances might be of getting the job. Joe Brady, 34 years old, by the way, right? I mean, right. Speaking of these young guys, Keep it going. it's incredible, right? He, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. And he's already been a coordinator at two different spots. He was a coordinator four years ago when he was 30 years old uh, in Carolina. You know, I, I, I think that, first of all, he would have the inside track. He would be the favorite. There were betting odds. He's probably the guy that I would predict would get the job. But I, I don't think it's a – it's not a fait accompli. It's not a slam dunk. Whatever you want to say. Like, I do think the Bills – you know, will at least have an open mind on other people, and they have to go through an interview process anyway, and you never know when you go through that process, someone walks in the door and you're like, bam, like, wow, that guy really impressed. So you're going to go through that process that's going to happen. Um, but I do think he has the inside track, and I do think he did a good enough job that they're going to give high consideration just on that front alone, and then you take into account the relationships that he has in the building. He's been there. Now, he has been with the Bills for a couple of years, not just one, obviously. Um, Josh Allen, of course, gave endorsement. I, I know that Josh Allen also endorsed Ken Dorsey, and I get that. But you do want to make sure your quarterback's at least comfortable. You don't want tension there. You don't want Josh Allen saying, I, I think there's a difference between, you know, if Josh Allen went to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and said, I don't want him, I don't think they'd hire him. 
Now, it doesn't mean just because he says, I want him, they're going to hire him. Right. But I do think that he could almost have sort of like veto power, if that makes sense, right? Like, ah, he, we're not going to do it down this road. This would not be a good situation. What does the interview look like? So I envision them bringing him in and saying, okay, how did you think the season went? How did you think everything went from the transition? What did you like about what you were able to do? What do you think you'd do differently? And, you know, he can now kind of reset the table a little bit, get his own ideas. And from that aspect, I think that Brady would have a much better chance, even from his own standpoint, to say, I saw what it looked like before I was doing it. Then I was able to do it. Here's what I figured out about this mm-hmm. team. And I think that would probably be a very big advantage in his corner. Yeah, I, I do too. And I also think, though, with that said, that it would be smart. Like, I, I don't want the Bills. They may love everything he has to say and think he's got the inside track on the job. I hope they talk to some other people because I would want them to compare and contrast what he says about their offense and their personnel and his vision for it if he gets to sort of remake it here um, after inheriting Dorsey's offense you know, versus other guys that uh, have been working as quarterback coaches in the league or, or whatever. Um, just I, I want them to you know get input, and I think that could be helpful. And you never know. Somebody could come in and really hit it for them and maybe they can even improve. I agree. And I would think that they'd be doing their entire franchise and organization a disservice if they didn't do that. They have to they have to have a process anyway. We know that there's Rooney rules, there's, you know, just the fact that you have to go out and interview people from outside the building. So they have to do something like that. They they can't just mm-hmm. hand him the job. I think about last year, last year was it two years ago when um, when Ken Dorsey was named? And I'm thinking back. I know they interviewed T. Martin. He was, I don't know if he's still the wide receivers coach for the Ravens, but, you know, he was a guy that was interviewed. There were other people that they had interviewed. So, you know, they're going to go through that process. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it would be, and I don't think they would do this. I don't think they would just bring someone in and going, all right, well, you know, we're, we're just, we have Joe Brady up mm-hmm. here. So let's just kind of say, can, can he kind of tell us things that knock us off. No, I think you have to have an open mind. You have to really listen to the big picture, understand what they say about your offense. Hey, I've been watching from the outside. This is what Josh Allen does. This is what he doesn't do. This is what I'd like to do. And I think you really have to take all of that in consideration. And on top of all of that, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily predict that Joe Brady would want to go somewhere else. I don't think so. But there's always an outside chance that maybe Joe Brady says, you know what? there might be an opportunity for me to go somewhere else to spread my wings and be an offensive coordinator. Maybe he has relationships with mm-hmm. other people. Sure. He was interviewed for the Falcons head coaching job. I That you know would surprise me if he got it. But I think there's got to be some breath here for everybody to kind of make sure that they exhaust all their own options. While we're on the, the coaching track here, um, what about guys looking at, at- – plucking guys off the Bills staff, right? I heard news about Eric Washington today. Um, the, the linebackers coach who, for, for some reason, his name is escaping me right this second, and I know you can... Bobby Babbage. Bobby Babbage, thank you. I had Bobby Slowick in my head from a minute ago. Six letters. You're right. Um, so, I mean, is there some, I don't know, urgency for McDermott to maybe elevate one of those guys to keep them around? Um, how do you see that playing out? It's a great question. Um, Matt Bova and I really dug into this on um, the podcast we did yesterday. It's always game day in Buffalo. People want to even have like a really longer conversation. But 
I'll say here what I said on that, basically, which is, sure, I don't think you want to lose either of those guys, but you cannot make, you know, you can't say, I I have to hire them just because I don't want to lose them. There's going to be a lot. Sean McDermott has built a program here, and Brandon Bean has built a program here, and they've won enough where there's going to be a lot of really good candidates who want these jobs if they become available. Um, Linebackers coach, uh, defensive assistant, defensive line coach, defensive coordinator. But I think the first thing that has to happen, the first thing that has to happen is, Sean McDermott needs to decide if he's going to be the defensive coordinator. He's going to, got to decide, does he want to call plays next year? Does he want to run this back with him doing that? Now, if the answer is yes, then those guys might want an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator and call plays. And I, I say mm-hmm. those two things separately. Right. To me, if you're just a defensive coordinator and title, it doesn't mean as much. It's, it's setting up the defense, practice. That's great. That's a nice title. It's a bump in promotion. I'm talking about calling plays. I would think that... Anybody who's in that business, almost anybody, would want to be at a level where they're running it and calling the plays and calling their shots. They might want to be a head coach someday. I'm sure Eric Washington would love to be a head coach. I would think that. I think Bobby Babich would love to be a head coach. Well, the next step for them would be to go somewhere and call the actual plays on the defensive side of the ball, be the defensive coordinator. I don't think Sean McDermott should just rush out and promote one of them for not doing it. But if he decides he wants a coordinator, if he decides hey, I need to focus more on the big picture. Yes, I was able to do it last year. We were pretty successful. I can't do that again. Then I do think the timeline needs to speed up because now you have two candidates in your building that you're basically waiting on too long who could go somewhere else. And refresh my memory. I know I, I mean, I paid attention to everything McDermott said after these games and at the end of season thing. He, he basically didn't answer the question about whether he wants to keep going as play caller, right? Correct. He said... It's just we will evaluate staff, right, and that's right. a staff question, which is true. I mean, it's him, but yeah. you know, it is a staff question, <laughs> right. but he'll evaluate staff. And I'm sure part of that evaluation is that, Bulldog, which is, hey, I mean, like, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but w- do I have somebody here who I'd be super-duper comfortable with? And then on top of that, so let's just say that he does, and he wants to have a defensive coordinator slash play caller. Then you get into the weeds of who it would be. And look, I mean— Eric Washington, to me, has a lot of skin in the game. He's been a defensive coordinator. He's been the assistant head coach under Sean. They've, he's been here a while. Like That would be a natural kind of fit if a guy who comes into a ready-made defense, if you want to call it that. Bobby Babich has been an amazing position coach. Maybe he'll be a great defensive coordinator. I don't know, and I wonder, would the Bills want a first-time play caller? He's never done it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he has all these all-pros at his position. I think the guy's done fabulous. But what does that look like? And then you look and say, wait a minute, there's also Ron Rivera out there who doesn't have a job, who Sean has the relationship with. There's guys like, I mean, you know, Brandon Staley, he's probably going to Miami. They might have already hired him, but for all I know. But you get the point of, mm-hmm. then you have to think about what kind of person he'd be even looking at for that type of role. Belichick. <laughs> what about him? Belichick, I don't Guy, so, yeah, some right. disagree, but I think he's a pretty good defensive coach. <laughs> so, some disagree with that. It's overrated. Uh, you know, would he, would he come on as a D coordinator? Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. This is all really interesting. I, I just would ask on McDermott, while acknowledging the point that he didn't make it clear whether he would want to stay on in the same, you know, in the same exact role. Um, it, it went well enough where I'd be surprised if he didn't. I guess. Other than this point mm-hmm. about the people and just maybe opportunities and that aspect of things, you know, that was a topic all year, Sal. Like whether he was over his head, and I think ultimately I would say he he wasn't. I agree. You go back to, it was the Combine last year when it was announced that Leslie Frazier wasn't returning. And that 
when that announcement was made, a lot of us got wind of it wasn't official yet that, you know what, it's probably going to be Sean McDermott. But that wasn't really made official until later in the offseason. And even then, it was McDermott telling us, hey, I'm going to go into camp and do this, and then if I feel like I can't, I will hand it off to somebody. Now then you're not hiring people from the outside necessarily. They, right. they did bring Al Holcomb in. But a lot of the talk, we spent a lot of time, guys, talking about that. We spent time almost you know, almost every time I talked to you going, okay, can McDermott do this? Is he up to it? He's got all this on his plate. How many people – I mean, you had Armando Salguero, who I love, come on the show and say, but watch Sean McDermott. He's going to have his back turned to the offense when they're out there. That's not – that didn't happen, right? And I, and I kept telling mm-hmm. me that's not going to happen. He's got people to delegate to talk to the defense. And, yes, at times he'll want to say something to them during timeouts or whatever. But I think Sean managed it just fine. I just wonder if he may feel that he could even be you know, more involved – with the entire aspect of everything a little bit better for himself, not on game day, but throughout the week when it comes to preparations and things like that. Yeah. Sal, another uh, question I had for you was on Khalil Shakir. So Bulldog was talking about, we were talking about, you know, Diggs and maybe Davis leaves and just where the Bills are going to be left here at receiver, even with Diggs. And so Shakir came on, and Bulldog, I think you said, you know, 75 catches yeah. for Shakir. So I looked up 75 catches. That's Brandon Ayuk. That's DeAndre Hopkins this year. I mean, he's had bigger years, of course. I'm mm-hmm. not saying like that this is an amazing number, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. It's like in around 30th in the league, uh, that that number. It's not Diggs, of course. What, what do you think about that? Like, what, what has Shakir proven? Reliability, consistency. And I think really, you know what he's proven to me? What his book was coming out of college. That's really what it is. Coming out of college, if you remember, and I, and I do, just kind of remember doing work on him and talking with people about him, There, the traits on him were he's never going to blow you away with his speed or his size, obviously, but he's going to be able to get open. He's going to catch the ball when it's thrown to him, and he's good run after the catch. And he's a really, really, like, good person to be around he he's gonna talk he's gonna take accountability I remember talking with a a Boise State reporter when after he was drafted who said he was going to he said this guy comes from and you know he comes from a military background I think his dad was military and he said in wins at losses it didn't matter he always made sure he was the one front and center speaking for his team to take accountability like he like he said that will matter in buffalo to a guy like Sean McDermott and i think it does and that is exactly who Khalil Shakir is so i think all of the things we heard about him and thought about him including being able to return punts if you need that just kind of fitting into these different roles where he does nothing super super duper well and over overly sexy but he does a lot of things really good yeah I, going back to when he first got here and that first camp, I feel like we talked a lot about his versatility within the offense, yeah. like slot guy, outside guy, like where is he going to ultimately fit? And I feel like with his body type and how this year ended up going, like you, you, you know, the, the natural comparison is like, here's finally your Cole Beasley plug and play replacement. Um, and like I appreciate that, and it's one of the reasons I said yesterday I'm penciling him in for 75 catches because if that's his role, I, I think that will that will pop uh, for him and for Josh and for the Bills. But is he potentially someone who could play outside in place of Davis in this offense? I don't see it. Okay. I think in spot duty here or there they could have some some places for him. I think I've seen enough of him now to say he's got to stay in the slot to be super effective. 
I just think that what you get on the outside from these corners in these in the league, I don't know if he can beat them. I don't know if he can separate. I don't know if he can get off the line on them on a consistent enough basis. I mean, he'll he'll work his tail off to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's an outside number two receiver. I think he's a guy that you can move around. You could probably put him there in certain matchups, certain alignments. Sure. But I think he belongs in the slot basically because of, again, he's not super big. He's six foot one ninety. He's not super fast. He doesn't have these traits that would allow him to get away from these these really really elite level outside corners. Hence his draft position, right, Shakir? Like if he had if he had right. the traits, he's uh, maybe a first round pick, second, day two pick at, at worst. Uh, seven for nine, seven catches on nine targets against the Chiefs. A lot of shorter stuff than he'd been doing, but the previous four games he caught every target he got. A total of let's see, sixteen passes went his way in the Bills' previous four games, and he caught every one. And you know, pretty good yards per target as well. Um, Sal, you know, Diggs. Just to close with this, uh, are, are you sort of bracing for if that's the way to put it? Uh, speculation about Diggs being traded or just one way or another, not on the team next year? Or do you feel like you would dismiss that if somebody brought that up? What do you think the chances are that – what are the merits of a conversation about you know moving on from Diggs? I would certainly not dismiss it. I always think I, nothing surprises me, and I think that you know the way the year kind of went later in the year with a lack of production – that you know you have to ask those questions. That's a serious evaluation, right? And we could sit here and talk, and Brandon Bean can stand up there and say he's a number one receiver, and that's fine. He might think that. They have to have a serious evaluation of what happened at the end of the year. Like, why why was he not getting the production? Was it separation? Is age? Is there an injury to consider? Now, I would tell you the way that Brandon, Brandon specifically, Brandon Shaw, but Brandon specifically talked about him, that would kind of shut the door more for me and say, yeah, like he's going to be on the team. They're going to find a way. And what did Brandon say? We got to surround him with other right, guys so right. he doesn't have to do everything. Right. That that's what I think the focus is on. But it is a big number contractually. It would be very difficult to eat the money. So I don't think from that standpoint, Brandon B would have any interest in doing it. I think it would have to come from really Stefan Diggs again, like if something happened where he wanted out or the rumblings about that. And I haven't seen any indication of that this year. Nothing like we did the first week of the off season last year when we started down that road. So I don't think there's anything there would raise my alarm bells, but I don't know, guys. We're sitting here on January 25th. I mean, what happens in March or April? And is he going to tweet something, post right. something? And everybody's <laughs> reading into it. And what's going to happen in OTAs? I mean, I think I-, I would just not dismiss any of that stuff. Yeah, all, all, all I need is one one Instagram post uh, with like a Dallas Cowboys bed sheets from childhood or something. Like, just, <laughs> ah! Like right, be, exactly. Be called in at midnight from my attic to go on the air to talk about his bed sheets when he was seven. Uh, yeah, I mean. Anything could happen is the point. Where is the tweet? We're all waiting for the tweet <laughs> right. since this game ended and the season ended. Not only did he not speak here, he's not speaking on Twitter either. That's right. And I want to say, and I said to you guys this, I want the fans to know, people listening, that after the game on Sunday, in a complete difference from last year, I was, I think, one of the last you know reporters in the locker room, and he was still there. There was maybe six players still there. He was still there, and he was sitting and talking with um, Trent Shurfield. And, you know, that was just a very, very different deal than last year when everything happened against Cincinnati and afterwards, and we didn't find him in the locker room, and he left early. So, again, I think at least for my own kind of way I look at this, there's nothing that's really boiling there that I think we need to keep an eye on here in the immediate future. Or he lingered there because he thought it might be the last time he's in there. 
I'm sorry. Oh, here I, we I, go. I, 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 here look, we I, go. I work here, all right? I just have a job to do. Yeah, and Sal didn't dismiss it. He's not going to dismiss <laughs> it. Did you hear the end of Sal's appearance? He's sorry. not going to dismiss it. Sal, I'm sorry to drag you. Sal into left. This. I really am. I think, yeah. he, I think he, just like Mike Tomlin, when they asked him about his contract, just walked off. He he well he wasn't doing the Will Smith thing in the room. I would tell you that <laughs> Will Smith walks in the room, the, the meme right there, right, right looking, like, around, looking around, and gets all right. teary. I didn't see that. I just okay. I saw him sitting down in front of his locker, talking with Trent Shurfield, who was sitting in front of his locker next to him. Will he be back? This is just an example of how you can read anything into anything. That's all. Yes. It's an exercise in demonstrating that speculation beginning to build. All right. Thank you, Sal. You got it, guys. That's Sal Capaccio on our Wester Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? 803-0550, our number. We'll look for your calls coming up. It's just about last call on that game, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, by... Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't need to get back into it. But, you know, tomorrow's Friday, then we get a weekend, and yeah, by next Monday, like, no. It's interesting, maybe... Just like all, all the conversations about what happened, you can sort of put it under one umbrella. Like, how bad a loss is it? We've talked about some pretty granular stuff about clock management and things. That's kind of how, like, all their losses are because they're usually really close. You know, and maybe what Kansas City does in Baltimore helps determine how we look at this game, um, which hasn't happened yet. 803-0550 for your calls. Again, that is the number. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.